the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour two of the Stephan Tubbs Show, Labor Day edition with Randy Corcoran from Saturday sitting in. And this will be the new start time for the Stephan Tubbs Show with Deb Flora coming in to do the three to four o'clock hour. Tubbs will go back to where he started here, four to seven. And uh, I imagine that's just fine with him. 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971. We've been doing a little bit of uh, Queen tribute. Uh, I There's one band that I can just sing every song to and never get tired of. And that even applied when I was doing contemporary music radio back when... Uh, when um, Freddie Mercury was still alive. He died in November of 1991 at 45 years old. He would have been 76 years old today. If you've ever seen the movie, not if you haven't seen the movie about Freddie Mercury's life, I forget if it was Freddie or what it was called, but oh man, what a performance by the guy who I guess did his own singing as well. Uh, you could just feel the energy and uh, ah, some people just leave us way too soon. I, for some reason, and we'll get to some phone calls here in a minute as well, 303-696-1971, for some reason, I've been getting the Denver Post Yesterday and today, I got the Sunday edition, which, man, back when uh, uh, when I was delivering that thing, you could put about 20 at a time into the bags on your bike because they, they weighed three pounds. They were just packed. Now the Sunday paper, you can fold into tiny little slivers. And, uh, heck, I could barely line my birdcage with the Monday version. But <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that to the birds. But... It's interesting to read through the Denver Post, and before this show is over, I'm going to share some stories with you out of the Sunday and the Monday Denver Post, just to give you an idea of just how slanted the only remaining newspaper in Denver, Colorado is. And um, shout out to to my brother in Kansas City, Dave, who's on his bike listening to the show. He, uh, He used to throw the paper, man. He made more money throwing papers as a kid. Um, than some of the drug dealers I knew. 
I mean, he was just, he knew how to collect, and uh, he was amazing. We have uh, fond memories of the original Denver Post back in the day, and uh, uh, he was my brother's best friend, our next-door neighbor when I was a little boy. When my brother died, uh, I sort of stepped in, and um, he was a part of our family uh, when we lived in Chicago for a period of time, and so... um, Always glad to know when my brother Dave is is on the line and listening. And he's the guy who introduced me to a guy named David Icke. And um, I'm going to talk to you about David Icke here in a little bit. But first, I want to grab some calls while we've got people on the line. 303-696-1971. Let's go to Mary in Commerce City. Mary, good afternoon. Welcome to the Stephan Tub Show. Hey, Randy. How are you? I am fantastic, man. And we were out good jumping the dirt bikes and and um do you have grandkids by any chance? I don't, but I have lots of nieces and nephews that I love to death. All right, so you know the drill. And this um this the three year old is the oldest and he's our dirt bike racer. He's beating four and five year olds. Uh his dad sort of super tuned his little fifty uh Yamaha, so he gets off the line very, very quickly. But we bought some big bikes, you know, so we could ride around with him and, and teach him and have him following us and stuff. And so his dad and I took off on the big bikes, and and we put his little brother on the front with uh, his dad and my grandson on the front with me. So I was following his dad, and we're taking it easy because we got precious cargo. They've got, you know, helmets on and everything, and it it is dirt, so it's kind of bumpy and hilly. And his dad goes off in this area at the Watkins track that I, I have never been over before. And he goes up this really steep hill. And I thought, well, if he can do it, I, you know, I don't know what's on the other side, but if he makes it, I'll make it. And I just wondered what my grandson was going to, how he was going to react to it. Because, I mean, even I got that pit in my stomach when I hit the hill. We came over the top and it was this steep drop down to the bottom. And my little three-year-old grandson just starts giggling. And I just I started. It. I just started laughing. He's right in front of me. I said, "Like a roller coaster, huh, Anthony?" And he, "Yeah, yeah," you know. So, man, oh man, it's fun reliving just the excitement of being a little kid through his eyes. It's really. So he cool. wasn't afraid at all, was he? He wasn't, and I, you know, and I haven't ridden with him. I scared him once. He went for a ride on my big Harley, and it was too fast for him. And I, I told him, and you know, he's only three, so his his English is good for a three year old. But I said, "Man, you just got to tell me." I thought you were having fun. So, you know, just, just <laughs> pop me on the back of the head or something. We'll slow it down. Oh, anyway, cute. I'm sorry. You called in for a reason. I've got grandkids no, on the no, brain. Oh, no, that's awesome. I love <laughs> it. I love that story. Um, and love that you talk about your grandkids. That's just, you know, family's everything. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, you're taking the other show. I will say I will not be listening at, at all in the morning on Saturday, but I'll look forward to uh, 5 o'clock. Well, I'm glad that you'll be coming along, and uh, you know I'm encouraging everybody to give give uh, the the nine o'clock slot a, a chance. Uh, I think it's great that Peter's coming back. We'll see what he's got to say. Well, I already gave him a chance for several years, All right. and so uh, uh, his chances are over. But I'm looking forward to listening to you. I will never not. I will never stop listening to you. You're you're the best. So Saturday mornings are not going to be the same. That's for sure. Well, I got to tell you, that slot was so busy, um, nonstop calls, wall-to-wall, text messages pouring in, and uh, uh, I'm going to miss it, but I'm really hoping we can translate that over to the 5 p.m. slot. That's the first time I ever did radio at 710, I believe, was filling in for Jimmy when he was doing 5 to 8 p.m. on Saturdays a long time ago. Yeah, 
Yeah. So. Oh, I can't imagine you're gonna you're gonna lose any listeners. And if you know, some people have to grab the podcast. I mean, I have to do that every now and then. But I pretty much Saturday is one of my days off, and I have that radio on at nine o'clock. Awesome. Uh, every Saturday morning. So anyway, one the reason I called is you know I may have missed it. I'm not sure. But has has Joe O'Day made any statement about the raid on Mar Lago? I don't know. I, I haven't heard. Uh, I can't imagine he would come out, you know, very forcefully against it. Yeah. I mean, why? <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, he's really, you know, he's talking about being a yeah, Joe Manchin and, you know, doing being his own man. Well, we have a whole bunch of those. We've already got Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Murkowski. You know, we don't need any more. And honestly, Randy, I don't know if I can vote for him. And there's no more staunch Republican than myself. Well, I, I'm hearing that a lot at places like um, Tea Party meetings. Um, I'm speaking at the Parker Conservative uh, event at Deep uh, – what, what is it? Deep, Deep Purple? No, that's a band. Deep, uh, Deep Space. Deep Space. I'm sorry, guys. Deep Space. Wednesday, um, 6 o'clock, I think, is the start time. And, um, and I – you know, I – this is tough for me because pro-life is a yep. founding foundational principle in my life now and and has been for gosh, I don't know how many decades, but um and then I put on my Republican National Committee man hat and I know that I want to elect as many Republicans as we can as we can because majorities matter. Michael Bennett, you know, believes in abortion right out of the birth canal, a rubber stamp for um Joe Biden. But I do get the tension. I do understand, and um, I it, I just well, I pulled. Life, I just that's what separates us. I, that's what separates the parties. I think is life. That's that's the key. Well, it's our platform and, for goodness' sake. Yeah. But yes, could, absolutely. Could a pro-life, rock-solid conservative win a Colorado U.S. Senate seat? I just don't think that you sacrifice your values. Um, if that if that's why he's doing it, because I mean, didn't we have, uh, you know, Bob Beaupre and Walker Stapleton? Did they win? I know, I know. I've listen. I have had this conversation with uh, some of the the you know the big donors, the big consultant folks, and they always tell us, you know, it's just too conservative for Colorado. They totally discount Mary. The fact that they lose their base, they lose the yeah. energy, the enthusiasm, the grassroots activism, phone calling, small donor don- door knockers when they when people wind up being nominated who don't advance the Republican agenda. I'm a Republican now for a reason, and it's in part because yep. of that incredibly conservative platform. I, Mary, I was at a barn um, event on – what was it? it? Was Saturday night? It was a prayer event, and I, I got invited out there. It was this beautiful ranch? I, gosh, hundreds of acres of ranch, this big barn, and the the pastor, I guess, had given us a, a sermon about the three pillars of our lives, which are family, and government, and the church, and the interaction, and what happens to a society if either of those three get out of their lane. And he said, "You've you've got to come." Um, we're going to, you know, have some food and come on out. And I was exhausted. I didn't feel like it, but I'd promised. And I was so glad I went. There were a hundred plus 
patriots out there, grassroots activists, people who are people in media, people who are very prominent in different facets of uh, of our political and other lives here. And it was just so inspiring. And I had several conversations about that. And probably the most significant point that was made to me, and I, I don't think he would mind me sharing it, was from uh, Kendrick Castillo's dad. Castillo dad. <laughs> Come on, mm-hmm. Randy. Kendrick Castillo's yeah, dad, him. John. He and his wife were out there and we had a great talk. And he said, he said, I just can't do it because you have to send a message to the party. And then you also have to, you, you can't predict what the long-term consequences of those kinds of decisions, if you put the wrong people into these positions of power, what those consequences are going to be. And so it's a tough one. And uh, yeah, it's like, you know, if, you, if, if he's doing this to get independence or whatever, it's like almost feeling like you're sacrificing my solid vote for someone who is just in the middle. You never know how they're going to go. I'm solid. Yeah. And you're sacrificing my vote for someone who can go either way. Well, just – Go yeah, ahead. I don't like it. Well, I know. Yeah, no, no. I, and I don't like that he hasn't said, at least that I haven't heard anything about that raid, because that's all about civil liberties. Well, I'll you tell know, you that's what. all Col- about freedom. I, I Googled, uh, or I, I used DuckDuckGo, but I, I searched Joe O'Day in Mar-a-Lago, and the first thing that popped up was Colorado Pulse, which is a, a deep, dark left-wing site. Um, and apparently he did talk about it. He called it a political stunt. And he said okay. the American people deserve to know what's going on. The DOJ should put all their cards on the table. If the facts and the law support the actions, so be it. If this is about election year politics, that will be equally clear. That's a good, pretty solid position for him to take. Okay, and I haven't heard that, so that's good. Yeah. That's good. I have not heard him come out publicly and say anything about it. But let me um, let me just ask you, and, and I've got full lines, and we're going to get to everybody. No guests this hour, so any, everybody be patient on the phone. But, you know, I think about Mitch McConnell, and I've told this story. If you're a regular listener, you know when I was a a Ted Cruz delegate at the 2016 National Convention. um, And I had a tough time, you know, flipping to Trump, but that's a story for another day. Mitch McConnell comes walking down the aisle, and my job as a delegate was to protect the microphone because um, the Trump people were coming around and actually getting in front of the microphones and stopping the individual delegations from, for instance, objecting to something or calling for a roll call vote or whatever. I mean, they had that convention locked down. I didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. But Mitch McConnell's walking down, and he's walking, you know, right toward me. And I, I never realized how frail he is. I know he's he had, uh, I think, polio as a child, and, and he's overcome that. And I commend him for that. But I literally turned away. I turned my back on him as he walked by. He was just handshaking with everybody. And I didn't want to shake his hand. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we get a couple years into the Trump administration, and he stops Merrick Garland from getting on the Supreme Court, and he pushes through uh, Amy Coney Barrett at the at the very end of the presidency. And um, but for that, you know, that particular Republican who I I would never vote for if I was in Kentucky, I don't think we'd have three pretty darn solid, at least two out of the three, very solid conservatives on the Supreme Court right now, and Merrick Garland might well be one of those justices. So, Agreed. Gosh, Agreed. it's just so I hard to I don't know. trust Joe. I just, I, I'm not sure he would. Yeah. I'm not sure he would would stand up for a conservative justice. 
And it could be that I just don't know. And it could be that he's more conservative than we think, and he's trying to win an election in very blue Colorado. And uh, it could be. And I, I just so I don't know. Be you who know, you are. I, be who you are. He's an adopted. You know, he's a someone who was adopted. If his mom believed in abortion, he wouldn't even be here. So you know, he doesn't believe in it. He just stands for a woman making that making her own decision, at least up to a certain point. And I, I don't know. It's. Yeah, I'll tell you I what, know, if I, I wasn't a Republican National Committee man, I don't think I'd be even be having this um, conversation with myself. But I think it's an important one for us to work through. Did you hear what Trevor Loudon said when he was on our Saturday morning show two Saturdays ago? I did. I did. Yeah. He said, I, I, I get it. And I go to the tea party. Yeah. And uh, a woman was very um, uh, strong about we need to vote for Republicans no matter what. And there was a lot of pushback. Yep. at that meeting. And uh, I, I get it, Randy. I, I 100% do. Um, and, you know, Republic, Democrats, they say, there's your candidate over there, and they lock step and they go and they vote for that person. Yep. And that's how they win elections. I hear you. And so, I you know, I'm, you. I'm a little torn, but I, you know, Randy, I appreciate everything you do. I have learned so much from you and uh, your support of the party and, and everything that you're doing for uh, January 6th. And I will be, I will never stop listening. So whatever time you go on, um, it's, it's midnight, I will be listening. Well, God bless you, Mary. I can't tell you how much that means to me. And thanks for uh, working your way in here on the Stuff and Tub Show this afternoon. God bless. You got it. Thanks for taking my call. All right. We do have to get to our break. Uh, Mary's line is open, 303-696-1971. We'll get to Rick and Holly when we come back on the other side. This is real short. Let's just hear what Trevor Loudon had to say about the very question that Mary and I are struggling with right now. Well, I didn't. Good morning. Uh oh, it jumped on me. I but I know right where to look. So just give me a second. Okay. Oh, I see why it didn't work right the first time. Live radio at its very worst, right this second. But it'll be worth it. All right, here we go. Look, in the primaries, we vote for the most patriotic, conservative, hard hardcore grassroots activists we can but the primary objective right now is stopping the communists and the democrats are communists now that's reality so i'm not happy with some of the republican candidates around as i'm you know a lot but we have to stop the communists so we all have to get out and vote and we use the primaries to get rid of the weak republicans and put in strong republicans that's where we are right now. I don't see that as necessary evil. That's just the practical politics that we see in front of us right now. Absolutely. If I was in Colorado, um, I'd absolutely be getting behind it and be, I'd be pushing them and pushing them on the social issues as much as possible. But we have to stop the left because if the left gets another term of office in the country, we, we ain't seen nothing yet compared to what they're going to do to us. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's that's the struggle that for many of us we have as we head into November. And uh, and I'm happy to talk to you about that at 303-696-1971. Phone lines are full. I'll tell you when somebody opens up. Stay with us as we cruise through the Stefan Tubbs show here on Labor Day Monday right here at 710 KNUS. And some feel-good music here on the Stephen Tubb Show. Randy Corcoran here 
with you from Saturdays, uh, my new time, 5 p.m. Hope you'll join me this coming Saturday. Deb Flora kicks off tomorrow in the 3 o'clock hour, her daily show here on 710 Can US. Stefan will be 4 to 7. Peter Boyles comes in to take over the Saturday morning slot from 9 to noon. So some changes should be an awful lot of fun. And you are the beneficiary of double bumper music today because today would have been Freddie Mercury's 76th birthday. My brother could sing. He could sing. And uh, when he died at 26 years old, I, I just, and the same thing for Mercury, died at 45. It seems like only the good die young, huh? The talent leaves us way too soon. Interesting. We're going to get back to the full lines here in one sec. But an interesting text message is, hi, Randy, to let you know, I was in the hospital, Lutheran Hospital, the same time Freddie Mercury was in hospital. Um, ooh, man, I'm not, I won't go into the details here. A serious, serious thing. Uh, made this lady very, very well, very, very ill, but she was in the hospital at the same time as Freddie Mercury. That's, well, I actually helped supermodel, world-class supermodel Elle McPherson through the Rome airport. Another case of being in the right place at the right time. I didn't even know who she was. The uh, guy I was traveling with, we were just coming back from Tunisia. I was studying abroad, Was um, had lived for three months in Florence, Italy. Then, uh, then we were to go three months to London. And we had, I don't know, a little over a week, I guess, for sort of a spring break between those two um, segments of the study abroad program. And we went to Tunisia, super cheap place where your American dollars could go a long, long way, white beaches uh, right along the Caribbean Sea. It was just such a beautiful thing. And on the way back, going through Rome, this pretty girl seemed sort of lost, and I helped her get into the right line at customs, and then we talked a little bit at baggage. And and my buddy Matt, uh, my classmate Matt, comes up. He's like, do you know, do you know who that was? No. It's El McPherson, man. <laughs> About... I don't know, a month later, she was featured on a Playboy cover. So anyway, there you go. Right place, right time. And my texter friend, Carol, says Rami Malek was the one the best actor for a Bohemian Rhapsody. Man, it was a great movie about the life of Freddie Mercury. And, and I'm pretty sure he did his own singing as well. Just truly unbelievable. Okay, we got uh, a whole lot of commentary sparked by the conversation regarding Joe O'Day. Mary called in and said... Uh, wondered if he had come out with any comments about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Did not like his pro-life, not pro-life, but pro-choice. Got to be real careful there. Pro-choice uh, positions up to a point uh, when it comes to abortion. And um, so we've got a couple of callers that want to comment on the O'Day thing and then some people who want to talk about the Donald Trump rally. We got time for all of you. Three and a half hours more to go on the show. I have uh, one guest scheduled in the six o'clock, so... Really glad to have the callers here. Let's uh, continue with ladies first. Holly in Aurora, welcome to the Stefan Tubbs Show. Hey, Randy. 
right. Um, I yeah, I just wanted to say I agree with Mary, but at the same time, I I've been struggling too. I'm like her. I've been struggling too with Joe. Um, but you know what? I think there's a lot of things that we can do to if we if he if we can actually get him elected here in Colorado, which will be incredible if we actually pull it off. But if we get it done and we get him in there, then what the rest of us have to do is for the next six years, we've got to stay on his rear end and and show him and tell him uh, what conservatism looks like. Because I think what the problem is, is that both him and Ron were not really um, tested. They don't really know what a conservative looks like. And so I think that it would have been one and you know, kind of the same thing. Um, but we can do that. One of the things that I was thinking about that I would tell Joe is that in the 50 years, do you remember me calling up and saying, come on, women, grow up. It's been 50 years since Roe v. Wade was, um, you know, enacted. It's time for us to leave the kids, the babies alone and let them grow up and, we need to grow up and, and face the music. Um, our, our opportunity for choice is before, not after. And, um, but one of the reasons that I came to that conclusion was because of all kinds of people that have given stories to me of what they've gone through. I knew one lady who told me that she had been raped, but, um, she just couldn't quite, um, uh, abort the baby. She was going to. She had every intention of aborting the baby. And everybody would have totally understood if she had. And she was young and everything. But when I met her, her baby boy was about, well, he wasn't quite three years old at that time. And I commented to her, she was a neighbor, and I commented to her, man, I never saw a mom and a son that were so bonding. You are doing an excellent job of bonding with this little boy. And she said, you just don't know how he saved my life. And that's how then that gave the conversation over to telling me what happened to her because I didn't know anything about her before that. And um, But, you know, when you start hearing some of these stories, you realize abortion should be the absolute last thing that we do, not the first, but because it's legal now, or has been for 50 years, um, people do things, and, um, and, then you, and then you learn of people who have, are so sorry that they've aborted one of their children, and other people who, you know, abort their children every couple of months. They get pregnant, and, and they abort kids all the time. You well, know, that's, you know, to I use think, it as birth control is we've just desensitized yeah. ourselves to, to the exactly. significance of life. Obviously, no connection to God for people who can treat abortion as birth control. And, uh, yes. and that is particularly I think, terrifying. I think Joe just isn't, he just isn't tested. He just doesn't realize all these different stories. So my dis- I decided... My decision for what I'm going to do, if we actually get Joe O'Day in to Congress, 
I am going to stay on his rear end and explain to him and show to him and say everything I can to him of what a conservative looks like. In six years, if we can't convince him and get him to being a conservative, then that's our fault. I mean, that's our problem. But you know what? And my example is Wayne Allard. I'm old enough to know Wayne Allard, and I'll tell you something. He changed. By the time he left Congress, he was really a person behind the Republican Party. But it took him a while. It took him a while. Fantastic perspective, Holly. Thank you for weighing in today. I really do appreciate it. We'll see. I hope to see you Saturday night at 5 p.m. You will. All right. You will. God bless. All right, Holly's line, the only open one we've got, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Rick in Aurora has a comment on Joe O'Day. Rick, good afternoon. Yeah, hi, Randy. First, uh, we'll be listening to you in your new time slot, 5 p.m., but no mass a.m. Uh, as far as O'Day, yeah, I may, maybe I'll vote for him, but I'm already prepared for him to be a rhino and stab me in the back. Uh, him and... McConnell, apparently, you know, McConnell endorsed him and all that. Did you know in 2017 that uh, O'Connell recommended Garland for the FBI director job? I did. Uh, Mitch Mitch McConnell recommended Merrick Garland for Donald Trump to appoint as the leader of the FBI. We don't need any more evidence what happens in Washington. They're the biggest collusion conspiracy against the American people forever. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. And, you know, here, a couple of text messages, I think, that are really bare on what you're saying as well, Rick. Hi, Randy. Listening to the conversation about Joe O'Day, which I'm really struggling with as well. I think once he gets in the office, he will capitulate to the Democrats. The problem, once they're in office, we don't seem to be able to get rid of them. That's why I have such a huge issue with voting for him this time around. But I do hear Trevor Loudon loud and clear. Did you hear Trevor Loudon's comment? Yes, I did. We listen every Saturday. Okay, yeah. and do you uh, do you agree that in the end, um, you know, it's it's. I guess you can always synopsize it: lesser of two evils. Uh, Joe Day is kind of an yeah, unknown. Yeah, basically it is. Yeah. I have no enthusiasm whatsoever. But yeah, I, I measure my wife and I'll hold our nose again. Yeah, and then here's the uh, flip side to that. Uh, I work in Yuma County, which of course is where Cory Gardner's from. I always heard Cory Gardner had to go to the middle of the road to get reelected. It didn't work for him, and I don't believe it'll work for O'Day. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing that the the establishment Republicans always tell us. You know, you've got to you can be conservative in the primary, you got to run to the middle in the general, and and then they serve us up Bob O'Pray, Walker Stapleton. And then even Cory Gardner, who never reconnected with his base and uh, and got slaughtered, no, if we can old, believe the election the old formula. results. That's the old formula. That, yeah. that formula is no longer applicable in today's political world. It, it really, you know, were you by any chance at Cigar Night with uh, Dennis Prager? Uh, no, no, I was not. Dennis Prager said, he was asked, what do Republicans that are running in this very, you know, tense time, the midterm elections, what, you know, what advice would you give to them? And he said... Don't run against the candidate. Run against the left. Run against the evil and the destruction of the country that is um, motivating and moving and influencing the Democrat Party right now. I agree 100% with that. That's very astute political analysis. Yeah. All right, Rick. Well, okay. thank you. Really do appreciate it. We got an open line there with Rick, 303-696-1971, 696 
1971. And, uh, you know, I, for those of you who don't know me, I'm the Republican National Committee man. And I got there by way of the Tea Party. And when I got, you know, when I was asked to run, I didn't even know what the job entailed. And then I, I talked to former and the current committee man and people who asked me to run. I respected and I did it. One, one big actually, and thought I was going in to be, you know, kind of this constitutional conservative insider spy to try and figure out, figure out what the heck's going on on that Titanic known as the RNC. And man, oh man, I was so gratified when I got there and found that there are a ton of America first people. And whether they love Donald Trump or not, it's irrelevant. They, they support the Republican platform. They support the Constitution. They support sovereignty, which means secure borders and a strong military that doesn't go off on, on uh, adventures that last 20 years and accomplish nothing but ultimately kill our soldiers when we try and bring them home and leave, you know, $7 billion worth of equipment over there. And so it, the, the change is coming. The change is happening within the Republican Party. Thank God for that. But I, I am taken, in spite of my strong resistance to anybody who's not pro-life, with the argument that, listen, these are the cards that were dealt now. And if we could sneak a Senate seat back out of Colorado and make uh, Hickenlooper the only senator we've got and then focus on him because he'll be popping up here in a couple of, well, maybe it's four years for him. But regardless, um, that's something. And so as we all struggle together, I think we've got to keep that big end game in mind. Looks like based on the tenor of the calls, we're going to change topics when we come back because um, Sandy wants to talk about the Trump rally. I've got some great audio from the Trump rally, the Biden, the satanic Biden speech, what the White House press secretary had to say about it, Biden trying to walk back the fact that uh, – you and I, anybody, a MAGA Republican, an America First Republican, are a danger to what they love to call democracy. And uh, we're going to beat up on all of that, but we'll kick it off with Sandy when we return. Stay with us. Stefan Tubbs Show continues. You're listening to 710 KNUS. Well, it ain't two for Tuesday, but it is double bumper music because... I am enjoying my man crush on Freddie Mercury of Queen, who would have been 76 years old today. Man, I, I thought I might be tired this afternoon after three hours of dirt bike riding with the grandkid and jumping. My my body is reminding me, uh, you're 62, dude, but um, but I'm I'm learning to stick them. I'm learning to stick them again. Uh, but then I play that Freddie Mercury stuff, and I am just fired up, absolutely fired up. Two things. Then we're going to get to Sandy and talk about the Trump rally. I heard during the 
break there, Dr. Tim Watts, Senegenics, they advertise um, on my weekend show. And at the cigar night, um, the last person that uh, came up to me caught me as I was leaving, actually, and uh, was, you know, I was had, had my Harley there, had a couple of things to do, was just thinking ahead, wasn't thinking about anything. And, and he got my attention, and his name was Bill Maitland. And he had just had his first meeting with Dr. Watt of Cenogenics. And he sent me a text that he said I could use. We're going to put him on the radio show um, one of these Saturday afternoon evenings very, very soon. Um, But he said after hearing Dr. Watt on our station and on my program and my testimonials about their program, um, he said he probably would not have taken or made the investment, which probably saved his life. And he told me a little bit about what he meant by that. So we're going to have him on. In fact, next Saturday on the kickoff show, my new show, uh, my same show, but at a new time, 5 p.m. on Saturday night, uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to spend a little time with Dr. Watt and talk about Cenogenics, talk about Bill, who uh, I just, I was just so touched. I mean, I walked out of there with my, um, you know, feet off the ground from a guy who said, you may have saved my life. And, um, you know, I mean, Cenogenics is great, and having that motivation is great. And uh, and I'm not saying that it saves your life, but, uh, wow, this guy sure thought so. That was pretty cool. We're also going to bring, uh, bring my good friend uh, and someone I'm sure you love dearly. I don't think he's been doing any radio since his horrific bout with cancer, followed by a minor car accident that led to a brain bleed and a lengthy stay in the hospital, our good buddy Tom Tancredo. We'll have in studio for our kickoff show. I think we'll have bring Tom in at 6 o'clock p.m. this coming Saturday. So, all right, we're going to look ahead now or look back now. Look, we're going to move on with the show and look back at the Trump rally, uh, which happened on Saturday at uh, about 4 p.m. Denver time in Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, there weren't too many people there. Wall to freaking wall people in Pennsylvania. Contrast that to the, to the Biden death watch, the Biden satanic rally, where, you know, they, it was dark, and it was, it, was, it was not only dark in atmosphere and dark at night, but there was just no enthusiasm. The applause was very polite. Really, the protesters outside were louder at the Biden rally than the little bit, the smattering of applause, that creepy, sleepy, I took showers with my daughter, putative President Joe Biden could get at his Pennsylvania rally. Absolutely phenomenal. Let's hear just a tiny bit from President Trump, and then we'll bring Sandy on to get her take. They're trying to silence me, and more importantly, they are trying to silence you. But we will not be silenced, right? Uh, Nope. We will never stop speaking the truth. Got that right. 303-696-1971. Phones are lighting up. Let's get to Sandy in Highlands Ranch. Thanks for waiting, Sandy. Welcome to the Stefan Tubbs Show. Thanks, Randy. Um, I was so angry after that horrible speech that Biden gave last week that, I mean, I was so angry. And what better way to get into a good mood 
than to watch Trump Rally, which I've actually watched this twice. It was so good. There is no comparison between these two men. First of all, Trump doesn't miss a beat. The man is an on-target, as he's always been. He looks 20 years younger than Biden. And he goes from being very direct in terms of what's wrong with this country. He injects humor. He has natural stories he tells. I mean, I just loved it. And I have to say, at the end, I don't know if any of your other callers are going to talk about this, and maybe they didn't hear it, but I did because I've listened to it twice. He's ending the rally, and he's, he says, we are a nation in decline. All of a sudden, this thunder breaks out. They must have had a hideous thunderstorm there. So he's saying, we are a nation in decline, massive thunder. And he goes, we're begging for oil, thunder. We are surrendering this country, thunder. It just and I'm going, it's like God saying, you know, the time is now. It was so ironic. So anyway, wow. I thought it was so cool. That, and that, and that was pretty, pretty neat. Was that during the closing remarks? Because I haven't watched. Closing remarks when he was saying when he was bringing home why we all have to get out there, why we have to work for this vote, and all. The you know, we're well, in decline. We're begging. Thunder, thunder. We I mean, have it just had to be en- loud if you could hear it in the auditorium. Sandy, we have just enough time to hear the last couple minutes of that closing. Let's uh, let's share it with the listeners together. Yeah. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a chance because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious American nation. So with the help of everyone here today and citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Text messages, oh, my God, the Trump rally sounds like a Stones concert. And (laughs) had another one giving me chills, the Trump recap. Was that the section 
Where you heard the thunder? Because I no, this okay. was right before that. All right. When he was saying what's wrong with this country, and then he goes into the positive end. Hmm. When he was saying what was wrong, you know, surrendering, begging for oil, culture, all that's when the thunder was just all over the place. Do you think that I was? Bet you, if people looked it up on YouTube, I bet they would hear it. Do you it think was that, that was? Loud. Do you think that was Russian interference, Sandy? Yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> Well, Thanks, Randy. Oh, God bless. Hey, will, will you be joining us Saturday, 5 p.m.? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so very much. Okay, bye. Really do appreciate it. Sandy's line's open, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Contrast that to Biden. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism. <laughs> that threatens the very foundations of our republic. I know. Limited government, lower taxes, increasing wages, a secure border, a strong military, parents in charge of their children at school. God, the extremism. How will we ever survive it? All right, we've got callers on the line, 303-696-1971. Halfway through the Stephen Tubbs show, we'll pick it up on the other side just you and me, baby. Stay with us, 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.